gentlemen welcome to 20 good minutes we've delayed the recording of this podcast we sat down we had like another time we were going to do it but we decided to delay it because right when we were going to record the (laughs) super league started to fall apart you may or may not have heard of it uh and if you haven't heard of it i'm pretty sure you live under a rock but the super league is now no more and we are going to devote essentially the entire podcast to talking about the Super League in an effort to maybe at some point in our lives not talk about it in the future. I'd like that. I'd really like that. I'd like this to be the end of the Super League, the end of the discussion, the the footnote to what was uh, not just like football news. That was the mad thing, right? It wasn't football news. It was world news, the Super League. It was the, one of the biggest moments in sport. It was one of the biggest moments in just as a news in general. And uh, yeah, it basically allowed every football account in the world to boom for, for a week. The only upside was the social hits that the Super League gave. So we thought we'd record a podcast a week after it has all died down, which I like. Exactly, um, yeah. Well, we are given the benefit of perspective and we lack the benefit of any social media savvy whatsoever. That's true, but it's fine. But I think we can we can now look, yeah, say, we can look back at it, how we how we think of it, how we thought of it. And uh, yeah, whether it was a good idea or not. So, so do you want to do want to kick us off with what it was? So people right. have got so those that don't know, <laughs> literally no one. So, this is for no one, but you know yeah, what I mean. This is for posterity itself. When aliens uncover this podcast, yes, because for some reason yes. this will be the podcast they find. Then they will at least know what the Super League was. So it was a a league that was planned to have twenty teams in it. It was announced at night by 12 Twitter accounts. Well, actually, weirdly enough, not all 12 uh, clubs actually tweeted about it, probably because they saw the disaster unfolding. They probably should have synced that up a little better. But it was 12 clubs, six from England and six from uh, a collection of Italy and Spanish clubs, the predictable ones, Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Atletico. uh, And then you had like Juventus, Milan, uh, and the, the big six from the Premier League. All were joining this set Super League. They just announced that essentially as early as practicable, the Super League would begin. Uh, They would not be allowed to be relegated from it. There would be three more clubs announced that would be founding members, quote unquote. The money being thrown around was insane. Like the early reports where you're getting half a billion dollars or something for joining the Super League. uh, It was not in in line with FIFA or UEFA. They hadn't planned it with either. They just kind of announced this is what they were doing and they had five rotating spots to join the Super League. And within 48 hours, the intensity of the fan backlash, which I was convinced wasn't going to do anything, actually managed to fold the Super League, which according to president or whatever he is of Real Madrid, Florentino Perez is not actually dead, but I'm pretty sure he's just living in some sort of fake reality at this point. That's where we are. Yeah. And and when it broke, it was one of the most, I, I've, first it was disbelief. Like I was, I was live the night it was sort of developing live streaming on Twitch and 
it sort of came through as, oh, this is talking about they're going to announce the Super League. And I did a poll in my chat. I was like, who actually thinks this is going to happen? And 80% of people were like, no way is this going to happen. And then Liverpool and other clubs pulled out of UEFA and ECA roles that they had and just decided to quit football as we know it. And then when he released statements that were, were the fact that Liverpool released a statement and the and the only person I say the only person there's a few right but the fact that one of the Glazers is at the bottom of a statement regarding Liverpool Football Club is is something that will live long in the memory as something that's quite horrifying for me as a Liverpool fan. Um, there there are many reasons why it's a terrible terrible idea. Um, I, I do want it's, there's in two parts. It's not a terrible idea like the way that they've got it what they're essentially asking for is a closed shop champions league where you can completely shut off anybody else from ever having a dream of being within it unless they say so which seems like a crazy idea um it's not something that's new i think that's the important thing to know this has been wanted and talked about for 10 years Florentino perez has talked about this for a decade and wanted it chiefly the reason i think it exists is not to do with the revenues that they think they deserve it's the debt they've put themselves in and now they realize oh now covid's happened this is even worse than it was and that is what triggered all of the super clubs super league clubs going well but now we need this and florentino perez and real madrid and barcelona were pushing for this more than anybody i know juventus are sort of still not sure what to do for themselves and, and all the premier league sides have, have obviously gone out of it shout out to Bayern munich and, and dortmund and psg sort of psg who, who no, sort of played we'll, the line we'll get to that there, there's another yeah. i have i have a whole set of reasons why psg is not the savior of football or soccer no, not. Well, no, well none of them are I, I i i tweeted as much like we, we can't pretend that because they all pulled out or oh, that's fine then like that's that's just not how it works in the same way that these owners now need to be punished for even dressing this up as an idea that was legitimate and ultimately the only thing it managed to do that i think everyone's agreed upon is completely bring together every footballing sphere that exists in the global game that were against this implementation and yeah it was weird it was it was a very very weird week in football a week in football nobody will ever forget it was strange in the speed at which the news hit i remember the night that it happened but i made a video about five or six months ago that said the super the, yeah i did and I, it looked way too prophetic for my own taste honestly <laughs> i i made a video that said you know well i think the super league is going to happen and here is why the super league is going to happen the americanization of sports is just something that takes over because american teams in in our sports have so much power to leverage to make more money essentially uh this is something that's foreign in really anywhere else in the world but teams move in the united states i mean five years ago there was an nfl mm. team in st louis it's now in los angeles so oh, i grow up in this very different sporting culture where there is a very real fear that you could lose your team i mean if you're in st louis you do not have an american football team anymore and there's talk of the the baseball team in Tampa moving because their stadium deal is all weird and they have to play an hour away. There's all this weird stuff that goes in that. So the Super League is, in my opinion, these people looking at the American sports model, the American sports teams and going, if we did that, we'd make a stupid amount of money. And it's also something that like the Champions League used to be a lot smaller and not exist as much, and it, it continues to grow. I think it's something that in the inevitable flow of the game, more and more leagues will combine their pyramids, the easier it gets to travel and everything, and the Super League will happen. 
the, I to me the issue with this Super League that was just announced was the way that they the way that they tried to do it. It was it was covertly done. It it, it was done in the, the you know the the protection of darkness. It was the the idea that the only the board members and owners of this this like it's um it's, it's to a point of being unbelievable that they thought they would just be able to get away with it everyone was going to go that's fine the fact you can pull out of uefa and you can pull out of the eca and just go oh it's it's fine don't worry but no one's going to care you know and, and then some of them to double down and go no we think this is the best thing releasing statements but i say boards and owners were, were consulted and then, and then fan groups were completely left in the dark. People that have been season ticket holders for 50 years completely left in the dark. Players, managers, staff at these clubs. Again, the idea that they thought that this was just, everyone was just going to go, that's okay, Florentino, you carry on, mate. No one's going to, no one's going to care. Just completely rip up the fabric of football. And, and you know, it's not going to matter. Part of what makes football so great from, from my perspective is the ability to lose and have that risk of knowing that if you lose you can you, like you can lose everything that we, we see clubs in the premier league the likes of nottingham forest and the likes of leeds united that have gone down divisions after being powerhouses of european football and then in leeds example now are building their way back up and the, and the story and the, and the magic of that despite the pain and the anguish they went through when they were on the way down it would be completely lost and the the romantic side of football and i think people in england especially are, are very romantic when it comes to football and and so, so really so do you something i seriously seriously encountered uh really aggressively for the first time when i started tweeting about this sort of situation was this kind of vitriolic like the magic of the game and i'm like did you i thought it was dead already yeah so i i i feel this way about we, we've talked about it previously before about var and i think var is slowly taking this away this is like we can have var forever if this never occurs and the way that they've now taken back steps and apologized and i oh, was sorry we didn't realize what do you mean you didn't what do you mean of course you didn't realize you didn't ask anybody you just did it you looked at the profit you failed to take any accountability. The fact that the chairman, so I'm very angry about this thing. The fact that chairmen's then sort of hid behind press releases and CEOs and John Henry and the Glazers and, and the guys at Arsenal doing things as if, as if, you know, it was all a big mistake and a big misunderstanding. Like they lacked credibility to pull this off. They lacked, then there was a lack of accountability. And then people like Florentina Perez just became liars, as did, as did the, the, the chairman involved at these clubs that just sort of, acted almost like we're sorry that we're, now we're the victims and I, and that was something i was i was not a fan of you can't have like perez we can get to you can't have a, a closed shop system in the european model of football i think like, and you're, you're speaking to me z as someone that five years ago i'd have been i'd have been even more baffled by this as someone that now as i talk about regularly I, i'm into the nhl right? i follow an area of that where I, I can understand now the system of franchising and, and, and it being as a closed shop where people have to sort of buy their way in, right? Like Seattle are doing currently in the, in the NHL. But they've got salary caps. You know, they're, they're, there's limitations to what you can do. These these clubs have blown themselves up to, to such a level where they actually can't control it anymore. So now they have to sort of find a way to, to produce revenue, just to pump money into their clubs just to keep them in a, in a position of surviving if you're real madrid or you're barcelona and you're in debt we'll sell some fucking players then because that that's that's the way every other club operates in world football they don't go into billions worth of debt like you, <laughs> some of the numbers that have been banded around are mind-blowing i've do you want to see i've been pretty calm about this for about a week you know <laughs> it's, all, it's all bubbled up again but it's 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 disgraceful 
It is, it is disgraceful. You think it's inevitable. English clubs will never be allowed to do it. F fans will not let it happen in this country, and this week proved that. You have to slide towards it. The huge, here's what I don't understand. So, uh, look, Barcelona and Real Madrid made like 700 million pounds in revenue this last year. So the fact that you're in debt, it's just bad money management. But if we've learned anything from my entire, like the existence of my entire life, it is that the people that have the control of the most money seem to be the worst at managing it you know, on wall street and running like major sports teams they just seem you know do you really need philippe coutinho for 125 million pounds or whatever the hell it was you don't obviously any like come on anybody anybody can tell you that but it doesn't not like unless you're a country you just can't go buying people for 200 million euros or whatever denomination it is yeah. uh, you just can't do that without offsetting well, it especially just, just on that though just <sighs> just quickly see sorry yeah real madrid and barcelona they think they are spain like they 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 operate as if they are the kings of that country like real madrid the, the money they borrowed from spanish banks and spanish governments is like astronomical to the point where in this position and they can still operate while being a billion pounds worth in debt like it Biggest well, belief. It, it, look, I won't pretend to even understand the laws in those situations because people get convicted of tax fraud all the time in Spain and they just don't go yeah. to jail. So there's some just weird stuff going on. Just pay your way out, mate. Just pay your way yeah, out well, for the money that like you fraudulently if, got. If, if your prison sentence is less than two years, you just don't go to prison. It's like all these other weird uh, rules that I, I just don't understand. So I won't I, I won't dive into talking about them. I, I do think it's inevitable, but here's the most amazing part to me about this first attempt at like a real legitimate European Super League was you have all this money and we know because we track how much revenue these clubs make and you spent I mean zero dollars on marketing and market research like zero <laughs> like you you have put no thought into how to announce this how to make it happen like if you put money into market research you're like this is what we want to do how do we get there you need like a five-year plan to get you there to help like edge public opinion and this is why we're doing it this is why we think it's good for the game you don't tweet out a statement at like midnight and just go oh yeah we're leaving like a 10 yeah. year old not you know, we're not talking about somebody with a marketing degree or like a data analysis degree or any the types of people or firms that you would bring in to decide what the best course of action is to get you to this point i think it's the cock it, like if you went to a 10 year old and you were like yeah, is that a good idea they'd probably be like nah, no no that's probably not a good idea you probably want to tell them that it's going to happen at some point right before you steal the cookies out of the cookie jar you want to tell your mom that yeah i'm going to have a cookie or something or else she'll think the cookies went away like it's this is basic logic the fact that they put no money or effort into advertising it, into shifting public opinion, into talking about it. I mean, what's the best way to address stuff like this all the time? Like, talk, talk about it. If this is something you want to do, go to the other, go to the fan meeting and go, I think we should do this. This is why. What do you think? Like, what do you think? That's, that's what's sustainable, the arrogance of the owners to bury their heads in the sand once this backfired spectacularly uh, from all corners and uh, it, what's what's so what's so frustrating from a fan perspective i think there was there was certainly a point where it, it felt helpless it felt like we were at a point where they've decided they're pulling out of things can you go back on this like i think people didn't know in the same way that Perez now is going well they can't leave they're contracted they're gonna have to pay this and and the irony of and what i hated most PSG and UEFA 
now and FIFA are seen as the good guys, the bastions, the defenders of football. Ugh. Whereas they are, they are just as corrupt and problematic as the Super League is, just with different names. And now we have to pretend that whatever this new Champions League they're going to do that we talked about, right? And they're going to they're going to essentially just enforce on teams with a whole new system of the way they're going to pick groups and who you play. And again, it's just a revenue. It's just a money spinner. The idea that they're trying to protect football, no, they're trying to protect themselves. And that ultimately is what it comes down to. PSG are Qatari backed. They can't go against FIFA and what's going on right now exactly. because then they put in jeopardy what they're doing with the World <laughs> they Cup. Don't there's lose no, the World there's Cup. no way. No, they can't. They can't. They can't do it. They, they are again. They are powerless to to that and as soon as that's over they'll be in like the german clubs are slightly different they're owned slightly differently they knew that they wouldn't be able to get it past those fan groups and ultimately that's what kept them out that is why now you have premier league clubs and maybe clubs of other nations saying this is the model we want to follow but that is the bit that i think we have problems with how you can now say to a john henry or to a cronky or a glazer and go actually you now own 49 percent, and we're going to take control and they're going to go okay well where's the well, show me the money like it's, it's just it's just not going to happen the fact that you're going to bring owners in who are now having to be treated differently to all other premier league owners that is the problem how 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 you can create revenue streams from fan, unless it's just fan power and it's board power and decisions can't be made without the fan approval then yeah of course that's something you can move towards but in terms of real ownership do you then are you putting these owners off from actually encouraging profits or or, or progress or growth or development and, and you, that's that's a big hurdle that you can't do i, mean, I know what's about the psg thing if you want to expand on anything i've just said there now that was the that was the point on psgs like psg is not going to go against FIFA or UEFA by joining a breakaway league because it wants the the owners of PSG want to host the World Cup, right? They they also just invested of like a billion dollars into advertising on the Champions League, which like why would you want to devalue that kind of investment over? I think it's the next decade on that part. I'm not sure, but I know that they own a, some betting company that's advertising all over the Champions League, and they just put a ton of money down on that so they really just doubled down on their position to be with fifa and uefa fifa and uefa are mad because they weren't involved that is the only reason they're mad they are not fighting for they're not fighting for you they're not fighting for, like that's they can couch it in that because they're not idiots but uefa just announced a champions league format that plays 50 percent more games just to increase the tv revenue it's like they, they created a format where you just end up playing a bunch more games so that you can put more Champions League games on television yeah. and make a boatload more money. Like, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a league system in the Champions League that they just introduced. We talked about it, like, a, a podcast or two ago. And they're just mad, and FIFA's just mad because they got left out of the plan. Now, if it was their plan that they'd come up with, they'd be digging their heels in and defending it. I think what you need, essentially, in the sport is some sort of Magna Carta moment uh now this is obviously me being like i love history and got my degree in history and everything but the magna carta was this moment where they got they finally got to the king and they're like listen bro okay <laughs> <laughs> i like that it? bro yeah bro yeah. okay we need rights right we, we there needs to be accounts like there needs to be a house with some control some voting power you do not have absolute power anymore there needs yeah. to be something introduced in major leagues, whether it whether it's international through FIFA, whether it's a national initiative, whether it's continental like UEFA does something. You need to introduce this kind of Magna Carta moment where you go, 
you essentially copy what if you can't copy what Germany's done, you need to provide some avenue uh, to put board members in that represent the interest of the fans or that like, you need some voting interest, not just the outcry of the masses. You need a voting interest of people that have season tickets or something like that. However, you want to define a fan. You need to include that in the club because this is what happens when you have this absolute power of these people that own billion dollar in, uh, businesses. I believe I believe that FIFA and UEFA thought they had it. I think the Premier League thought they were they were giving themselves the best league in the world, world title, whether it was true or not, and thinking that was enough that they had, you know, rights being sold off to Asia and America and and, and being able to be this superpower league that they thought that was enough. And what they found out very quickly in the course of an overnight moment was we hold none of the cards. And that's the irony, and that's the sadness, actually, that comes from this. That the, the Premier League size that exists, and I think the Premier League comes under the most scrutiny because it was the most amount of teams. They're ripping apart the fabric of what was English football within, again, an overnight moment. Like, it, it is astounding to think some of these clubs think they are worthy of of making such a decision. No, like, there are... Every club in this right, has got a question mark for me about why and of course people have covered this over the last week so it's, like, excuse me for going over things why Chelsea and Manchester City think they need this is mind-blowing the arrogance and and the, the, the disregard for history and fans across Manchester and Liverpool and, and of course globally as well but those cities is baffling Daniel Levy is a is a British chairman he should know what this would do and he should understand that and Arsenal to, to believe that they should they belong in a Super League right now <laughs> while they could finish the league season in the bottom half. As much as, yes, of course, financially and in, in terms of fan base, they deserve to be there. But in terms of performance, they shouldn't, they're shouldn't. they below a, a Wolves and a Leicester and, and whoever else you want to put West Ham right now. What hurts, I think, the most for me now is that they, they have this sort of undue right to just walk back into the Premier League because the other clubs, the Crystal Palaces, the Southamptons of this world will look at the Premier League and go, well, without you, our revenues are, are what? Like they are that of a, not maybe not a championship, right? But, or a League One, but they, they, they reduce so significantly that because they've now been able to walk it back and, and come back into the Premier League and play their fixtures as if nothing's happened and to play League Cup finals as if nothing's happened. The sad reality is English football needs those six clubs more than those six clubs need the English pyramid. And that is why they thought they could get away with it because they thought, well, ultimately, if it does fail, we're just gonna have to walk back in. And what are you gonna do? Like, it's sad, they're, walk, it's yeah, very they're sad. walking back in. It's good. Here's the thing is they won't stop trying. Florentino Perez is an idiot in every every attempt to do <laughs> just this. A liar. Uh, yeah, every just attempt. Lies. Ev lie, ev lie, 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 lie. Every, oh. every attempt that he has to do it is somehow always the wrong thing to say at the wrong moment. It's a spectacular gift. Like, stay out of the spotlight. If you notice this whole conversation, we've never talked about one person in the hierarchy at like, you know, Tottenham like we don't like they they're, they've managed and to their credit to stay out of the spotlight other than me making fun of them for being in the Super League <laughs> like like it's people at AC Milan like I haven't heard anybody from the hierarchy whether it's a president or an owner being talking about this sort of thing Florentino Perez just can't get enough of this right and, the, and you get a couple of other people like Woodward resigning allegedly because he was against the Super League yeah. all this weird stuff but 
if it's going to happen, it has to stay connected to the pyramids. I think the, what I hold fundamental as an outsider to the European sporting model is the idea of achieving that height, the promotion, the relegation, those sorts of things. You need to keep the Super League because it, 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 look, it will happen now, probably 10, 15 years in the future, because it's obviously been set back by this horrific attempt to execute this idea. It needs to stay attached to the pyramid in a way where you get promoted from the top league in England into this European Super League and you have to hold on to your spot in the Super League by defending, you know, like by playing a, a playoff or something against the top teams that are coming out of the top league in England. Uh, just look at like what Belgium and the Netherlands have been trying to do recently where they're trying to combine their leagues. The US and Mexico are going to combine leagues in the next five to 10 years. They're already in preliminary discussions. I think the the easier travel gets, the more sense that it makes for these leagues to combine increase the level of competition increase the revenue and those sorts of those sorts of things because it's better it's better for everybody but what you cannot have happen and what i am fundamentally against is teams having a perpetual spot in the league yeah i think it's interesting because when, Ho when holland and belgium merge and become bien or whatever, whatever they're going to be called right it's very different because them doing that doesn't necessarily like weaken anybody else which, which, which is the fundamental problem. It's all well and good doing that. Like, I think most people are behind the idea of those two nations merging. Geographically, it's not that illogical when you look at other countries. But the idea that the Premier League breakaway, like, it would have made the Premier League completely null and void. You have these six clubs that, if they're, if they're 10th going into March, where is the... What, what would be the incentive to play a full strength side for the rest of the season knowing that next year you're back in the super league again like you can't win the premier league and the super league is the guaranteed income that's the thing that people have now told you is the best players the best league you know every week was there i think the best clubs the best players every week is their motto right where, where would be the desire to do that and I'd love to know what, like, I, I, they sort of said a little bit, right? I'd love to know what Ajax think of this, what Bayern really think of this, what Porto, who are alleged to be the, like the next club in, really think of all of this. And now we're at a point where I, I don't, I believe, maybe again, maybe I'm naive to think that this could never happen in the first place, but I believe that this now can't happen because of what we've just seen this week. I think this week was so much bigger than this week and the 10 years previous. This week, to me, now prevents this from ever happening and, and even with the model of like like you suggested there, I just can't see. Of course, it'll be more defined, and they will they will have looked into it. I can't see it ever occurring now. I think that this was such a big moment, and governments will have to intervene, and that that's where it gets a little bit sketchy for me. It's not not a, not a world and a realm I particularly like thinking about, but that ultimately is probably going to be the thing that forces the fifty-one plus idea, right? And what what the Premier League clubs do to regain their reputation amongst their peers is going to be really really interesting especially when fans are allowed back in and that's the, that's the final element i find hilarious is that this they would have never dared to do this had fans been filling stadiums week in week out it would have, it would have been different they did it under the guise and the, the excuse of covid and that makes it all the more preposterous really i do think that referring to them all as peers is a bit of an issue too i mean the dis like if you took the top this is why I honestly think it's going to happen is because when you look at a sport without a salary cap, and this is the difference between American sports and the European sports model is in American sports, teams wax and they wane because you get young, talented players under small contracts. And then as they get older and they get more proven, 
you can't afford to pay them all, so you got to trade some away, right? And some teams are able to maintain like a pretty high level, but generally teams rise and fall gradually. And you have like a quote unquote championship window where you've got the right players and the right contracts, and you've got a few years where you can really win. Uh, in a non-salary cap system, the rich get richer, and that's been happening for a long time in in football and soccer. And so if you look at who's been in, say, at least a Champions League semifinal in the last 15, 20 years, and you took yeah. you, you cut off the top 20 clubs in Europe, like just to catch the top of like Olympic Lyon is in there too, you know, and you would have every team that has been in at least a semifinal of the Champions League in those top 20 clubs. And so if you created a league and I, I well, another part that i always forget about the super league they tried to come up with this why would you still be playing in the premier league if you're in the super league that oh, has that's it. that has no point that's to it. me like you're there's, there's ugh, you're, the premier league isn't enough as a draw on its own for it to happen no like, at that point anyway so like if you're if you're in the, the that's the the people have kicked around a ton of different ideas for this i've been hashing it out with my albeit american friends i'm like what would, what would work because we would love to see it in my distant, like, I'm in the U.S., what would I... I would love to see a Super League that is not the one that they talked about, but one that is a league that is attached to the pyramid that you don't you don't play in the Premier League and the Super League. Like, Leicester would be in the Super League, right? They finish... If you, yeah. if you, if you finish the, the year the Super League is created, you finish in the top four, you get one of four, England's four spots in the Super League. So, so I would ask, though, on this... So, because what you said there is like you would you'd want to see this occur with with a way for it to go down to the pyramids. What what's the Champions League not giving you? Is it is it the idea of it not being consistent enough? It's not it's, weekly it, enough. It like is, the knockout stages last a long time. No, the 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 thing with the Champions League is, and the issue that continues to arise is you're playing too many games. Everybody's known that these teams are playing too many games for a long time, and that you are also. You've got Manchester... Look, when Manchester City plays Burnley, right? And this is no offense to Burnley because I've always been very impressed with what they're able to do with what they have. But when Manchester City plays Burnley, I mean, that is just not fun to watch sometimes. I mean, I, there's, there, there is... Like, seriously, there is, a, there is a, a magic and an art to the game and sometimes Burnley is going to be able to win that game. But most of the time, it's like a siege works, you know, because... It, you could sell one player on that Manchester City team and buy the entire Burnley team, and they're in the same league. Yeah, that. I know, I know, and, but I, and I cannot stress <laughs> this enough because I am not. Well, one, I don't want to be just absolutely murdered on social media, but two, <laughs> I, I really do think the way that they announced this and did this was horrible and against the spirit of the game and what. What I think is eventually going to happen is hopefully in the spirit of the game with pure competition where if Burnley does continue to win, it can be the champion of the Super League. Like, like that's what you want to be the situation. But I, I, I guess the, the argument against that is what's the greatest moment in the Premier League history? Most people will say it was when Leicester defied the odds. You you don't you don't just defy the odds in that circumstance. You you break like you break the rules of the casino. Like that, that it could never happen again if they if they went into a super league model. Like you you brought up, you brought up the idea of like the salary cap and it like it goes it ebbs and flows and teams rise and fall. You got a draft. 
I don't know how you implement a draft. Like, because no, you can you, get the best young players. If you're, for if the you're, love you're, of goodness, do not enter. Yeah, no, drafts but, not. But you, but you can't. But that's what I'm saying is you can't introduce a draft. And the reason that these teams can ever and flow is they bring in a set of new players because they're failing. And the failing teams are given priority when it comes to drafting, right? Like, to, to, to stick with me, is he? Yeah. So... Because they're failing, they get the opportunity to then build over a number of seasons if they do it properly and they do it well with the same salary cap as every other side. And then you can rise again. Whereas you can you can never necessarily have this system. I think that the current football system with the way the money is shared around is broken. It's fundamentally not, not working for everybody. And I, I question whether it ever can. And if we've all sort of just like settled for it and we've gone, well, there's going to be big teams and there's going to be small teams and that's just the way it's going to be. And occasionally there'll be a Leicester situation that, that crops up and it'll be one of the greatest moments in football history when a team unexpectedly knocks a, a bigger team out of the FA Cup or they, or you get a Burnley beat a Manchester City 3-2 with a last minute Chris Wood header. Like lots of people and the fans of those clubs are living for those moments, that one season. And... Again, I feel that the, the it's the, it, I, we bring it back to what I said before. Football fans in England are extremely romantic when it comes to football. It was like they were taking away their wives this weekend or this week gone, and that's what we couldn't stand for. And that's something that Florentino Perez, the billionaire Florentino Perez, not just a Real Madrid owner, two two point one billion is his net worth, something crazy like that, will never understand about this game. And he'll only ever understand the numbers at the end of his paycheck. And it's it's a real, real shame. That that part of it is a shame. But I have a real I being able to separate myself from that, I have a real problem with I don't have a real problem with anything really. I'm too lazy to have a real problem with anything. But I, I would say that that argument does, I think, meet a logical end somewhere. And that you have to define who's in the league at some point. Right, like Link, the Lincoln City cannot just win the Premier League if they have a great season. Right, they have to get promoted, and they have to get promoted again, and they have to. Like Leicester won the Premier League because Leicester was in the Premier League, and compared to a lot of teams, was a giant club. And what, like, if you end up with the Super League model that I hope happens when they eventually go to this with just increased globalization and everything, is that. Lester has this amazing season in the huge moment that those fans are waiting for at Burnley is the year they finally win the English domestic league and they get into that playoff to get into the super league. You know, like you create new experiences. Like the experience will no longer be, let's go get beat up by Manchester city five times and then beat them the sixth. It'll be, we like Burnley mighty little Burnley gets into the Super League and that's like the peak experience of the fans there they get all this money they, they, they get promoted out of England into the Super League and play a season or two in the Super League and that's like this you understand what I'm saying like you can kind of reframe what that magic moment is for a fan as long as the competition is preserved if the competition is not preserved then I think that breaks if Arsenal's always stuck in the Super League even though they finish below Leicester in the freaking Super League every year then it doesn't matter I get what you mean I guess to, to bring the Leicester example you're right they were in the Premier League and th three years previous to that they won <laughs> they were in the Championship and you would you just you completely like I don't, I don't know it's, it depends what people want people want to watch the best yeah. teams or they do they want to live the dream like i, I think if I, when, when this sort of thing happens like obviously we're we're, we're i said we both know spencer spencer owen who, who runs hashtag mm -hmm. united his dream will one day to be will, will be to be in the premier league and will have aspirations of one day doing that now look, will that take 30 years maybe 
But but you 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 bring into question all of those those other owners of what are we in this for at that point? You, I, I I fear the breaking of the fabric of the game, and that's that's something I would I would I would stop loving the game. And I think that was the saddest thing. I think we felt it was a threat of that happening, and we were all going to lose this thing that we are addicted to, and that was something that none of us could stand for. Whether it was be people tweeting out or people going to protests or or whatever it be, right and fortunately fan power won and hopefully it will win again i have no idea how i've never <sighs> i'd never seen when i saw the twitter firestorm going off i was like they're never gonna back down on this though like there's no real world kind of fans aren't in people the were stands terrified, right? mate. people were terrified if you imagine imagine being like a 20 year season ticket holder to chelsea you pumped like 30 grand in over the course of however long so what traveling away home and away and for what so you could be in a super league once upon a time, like it beggars again. I keep using phrases like beggar belief, and it's unbelievable and it's preposterous. But like, it was crazy. It's a crazy week in football. We won't forget it in a hurry. Believe me, we'll no, nobody will. It's well, that's true. And I think I'm, what glad we, we, I'm glad we covered it. What we can't, no, what we can't agree on is that nothing like this will happen anytime soon. I think it's inevitable eventually. That nothing like this will happen anytime soon. I think that owners of clubs, with the exception of the just mentally, I, I don't even know, Florentino Perez, I think every other owner is kind of shook right now. I think they're a oh, little, yeah. they're, everybody's a little, a little shaken up. And so nobody's going to try this again for a while. I think the next people that try it are going to be UEFA. I think after this iteration of the Champions League, the idea of a pan European top flight. Or like if you're the best Ukrainian team, you have to play through this qualifying and then maybe you get a season in the Super League and that's like this huge deal. Like that sort of pan-European Super League is going to happen. But I think it's UEFA that's going to bring it about now. I think I think clubs doing sort of this sort of thing on their own, rather stupidly, has been completely shut down. I, look, again, I hate that we've made FIFA and UEFA into the good guys. I think if it's going to happen, I think you're right. It probably will be them. I hope they are put off so I hope they realised that we weren't backing them. We were backing the sport. And I think they took it as like, oh, yeah, everyone's on our side. Where, whereas then you see like Gundogan, right? Tweet out something like, yeah, the, the, the new Champions League is dreadful as well, guys. Can we turn our attention to that? Yeah. It's, uh, I think ultimately there was, there was I felt, just to summarise, right? I felt, the reason I felt quite sad is I've watched how we've tried to deal with racism in this country. And to be honest, compared to what we've just seen, it is so half-assed. Like, it's so sad to see that there was like a bit of a push and sure the players are kneeling now and there's definitely a bit more of people wanting to learn about that level of oppression that has obviously existed for, for hundreds of years. But now, when our, our football was was threatened, suddenly the whole the world's game decided, well, hang on a minute, let's do something about it. And I feel that there was this sour taste in my mouth that thought we should be doing more there and we're not. And that looks, and it can, like to compare and contrast now, it looks quite like that again, makes me quite sad. To think that we like to pick our battles and we're sometimes not always picking the right ones. It's the difference between token anger and actual anger, I think. Yeah. Is the is yeah. the difference there. But that I feel like is a subject for another podcast. I, I, I feel comfortable with all of the super league conversations I've had, and I feel like we've reached a few agreements on like this idea was terrible, had no marketing, and will not happen any again anytime soon. Or do you feel comfortable for all eternity that what you've said is the whole truth and nothing but the truth? It's certainly my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we will see you on another podcast.